Greetings, residents of Dairy Castle Rock and All World. You're listening to Constant Watchers, a podcast about the many TV and movie adaptations of the work of Stephen King. Never get out of bed again. The are going to relate to and they're going to like the characters because to me it's all about characters. When I was growing up in Bakersfield, my favorite thing in all the world was to go to the movies on Saturday afternoons. I'm Robin. I'm Leonard. I'm Jerry. Welcome to episode two. Tonight we're going to be talking about the movie TV miniseries from 1979, Salem's Lot. But first, some Stephen King news. Beep, beep, Richie. Even after the box office and critical failure of The Dark Tower this summer, Sony is still considering the TV series. The first season would be about 10 to 13 episodes long. Stephen King was recently asked about it, though, and he said, we'll see what happens, and if it does happen, it would be a complete reboot. Good. So we'll just have to see. It is going to be coming out just in time for Christmas on digital platforms on December 19th. Uh, yes. So it won't be out on DVD or Blu-ray until January 9th. No. Boo. <laughs> the writer-directors for Pet Cemetery have been announced. It's Dennis Widmeyer and Kevin Kolch. Uh, I went to high school with them. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're dicks, right? <laughs> they're a team with a very short IMDb list, but their last collaboration was 2014's Starry Eyes. I've never heard of it, so I'm a little disappointed. I was hoping somebody with a name was going to get this. Well, you had mentioned maybe Guillermo del Toro, right? And also the guy who did the newest hit. So it's a couple of no names. Again, I will say, we've said it before, and we've said it a million times, it's one of my favorite adaptations. Uh Why bother? Right. Uh, The Mist is canceled, the TV show. Yeah. Uh, but Mr. Mercedes is getting a second season. Finally, Stephen King's N is being made into a TV series under the title Eight. David F. Sandberg, who made Lights Out and Annabelle Creation, is set to direct. And Andrew Bearer and Gabe Ferrari, who wrote this, who most recently wrote the screenplay for Ant-Man and the Wasp, are said to be writing the pilot. How will we get into our discussion of Salem's Lot? Ben Mears has been away too long. And now at last, he's come home. The men fought at Valley Forge. Daddy, come back safe. Home to the childhood memories. To the old familiar faces. To a life unmolested by time. And with your saints, let him rejoice in your presence forever. We ask it through Christ our Lord. Amen. Home. To Salem's Lot, a town too good to be true. What was that? Did you happen to notice the time when the boys left? We shouldn't have gone through the woods. It's a shortcut. They should have been here half an hour ago. Wait, Danny, wait! Something is happening. Something terrible. Henry! Where's Ralphie? Where's your brother? Once the kid disappears, then this. You're not leaving Salem's lot, are you? I'm not leaving. Don't you understand what's happening? You? Yes, I do. It's in the Marston house. Good evening. I dreamed. You slept there all night? 
a little tired. Didn't sleep much last night. I was dreaming. Somebody out there. Sweet, sweet dreams. I let him in. Oh, it's only all just happened since... Since I came here. It wasn't a dream. Stop, holy man! You can do nothing against the master. The debris on one another. The vampires are creating vampires. The master wants you. It's a geometric progression. Two times two times four times eight. There's a dead man upstairs. Bill! Yeah, you know, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Look at me. Ned Tebbett's body has disappeared from the morgue. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Bill! Susan's in there! Run! No! Look at him! Stephen King, the best-selling author of Carrie and The Shining, takes you on a startling journey to Salem's Lot. So, as far as the books go, it's tied probably from for my favorite, if not my favorite, with it. I love, love, love the novel, and for a TV two night miniseries, not so bad. Yeah, I was actually uh, surprised. I I hadn't seen it before, so I was like, oh wow, the very first Stephen King TV miniseries. Yeah, <laughs> like I I, would, I thought they started in like the nineties, right? But I well, guess we had started... quite a few in the nineties, right? Yeah. Did you uh, see this uh, back in seventy nine, Jerry? No, I wasn't yet alive, <laughs> but uh, I did watch it many times. It is a favorite of mine. So, have you read the book? Yeah, actually, I did, and I it was probably back when I was in junior high, but I, I remember loving the book. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. And Len, you've talked so much praise about Salem's Lot that I had to read the book this month too. So Good. I'm not going to have a whole section on comparing the two, but it, it's it, it'll definitely be hard. I'm glad you guys have both read the book. It'd be hard to actually talking about this without talking about the differences to the book because I was really impressed with the book and yeah. not so much impressed with the miniseries. I, I sure. bet it's got a, a big nostalgia factor for you or Jerry. I don't know. Um, what I liked about the the miniseries is for its time I thought the special effects were actually pretty cool <laughs> I loved uh, the way the smoke would pour into the bedroom uh-huh. scratching at the window the way Barlow looks I think visually you, you might think that's corny but I just maybe it is nostalgia but I really really I mean he's a blue face with you know very yeah. uh, based on Nosferatu right uh, I, I like it I like it. What we do in the shadows kind of cops that look, right? <laughs> yeah, like, I guess yeah. so. For Peter, who lives yeah. in the basement. Oh, it's yeah. the Nosferatu yeah. vampire. Yeah. Which, in the book, he is like this, you know, seductive, like, vampire, like Dracula. Yeah. And I guess they uh, they had, like, a couple of vampire movies recently. Like, there was a remake of Dracula, like, right around the same time, and something else I forget. But um, they so, were like, oh, they're, they're not going to be able to be scared of this guy. So we're going to have to make him like a like a monster. And, you know, my the whole thing about this, uh, this book, the the seven, 1975 novel that's based on the right on the cover of it. It says words are his power. Look, a vampire doesn't say a thing. This, he's like, that's all he says. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. He pops up. He's really scary looking, and it does take a while, but they definitely hand over a lot of yeah. 
uh, his work to uh, uh, Straker, Straker for being scary. They make him like kind of super strong. At first, it was planned to be a feature film. Uh, Stephen King said, every director in Hollywood who's ever been involved with horror wanted to do it, but nobody could come up with a script. George Romero really wanted to do it, which I think that would be cool. Yeah. Uh, but the producers decided it were, would work better as a TV miniseries. So Romero dropped out, and uh, we have a three-hour, three-minute Salem's Lot. <laughs> I love the character of Ben Mears in the, in the novels, and I didn't think the casting was too bad. I, I think he's he's a decent Ben Mears in the TV show. That hair. <laughs> that that hair. hair is so oh. dated. Yeah. It's so silky. <laughs> <laughs> and the score is kind of like, uh, it is Emmy-nominated, but the score reminded me of an episode of Heart to Heart during the first part of it. Towards the end, it got to be a more of a horror movie score, and I can sure. see why it was nominated because of that. It's absolutely <laughs> dated. There's no question. <laughs> right down to the light Gene Bellbottoms to you know, his yeah. wispy hair. Uh, so aired on CBS. They were thinking about making a Salem's Lot TV show if it did any good, but um, that never worked out, yeah. I guess. I'm not sure if the ratings were bad or they were just like, nah. I don't know. I kind of like the idea that it was on TV. I, I didn't see it at that time. I was one. Yeah, I was When four. did you say it aired? Two. 79. 79, yeah, I was one. But I like vampires on TV. I like seeing Barnabas Collins from Dark Shadows. I don't know. You loved Buffy. I like Buffy. Yeah, so. yeah. He could, um, I mean, Joss Whedon definitely has called out Salem's Lot as being one of his inspirations. Yeah. You know, it's one of his influences. I wonder if it re-aired, because I have memories of it when I was very young. That could be because my mother rented it. Yeah, and of course, there's the movie cut. I don't know if you've seen that before. I don't know. There is a shortened movie cut. It's 114 minutes. They theatrically released it. Oh. And apparently Stephen King prefers that version. Huh. Like, like edited a ton of stuff out. I, I don't know exactly what. The miniseries certainly speeds up the relationship between Ben Mears and Susan. Su- Susan Norton? Susan Norton, yeah. I mean, it takes a lot of the plot out. Um, it blends some stuff together. So directed by Toby Ho- Hooper. Things happen here about, they'll tell about. <laughs> I see things. He was selected after a screening of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Rest in peace. Yeah, that's right. Adapted by Paul Monash of the Monash uh, no, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that, I'm pronouncing it right. Paul Monash. Uh, he was one of the producers of Carrie. But most famously, he was the creator of the long-running family soap, Peyton Place. Okay. This is the continuing story of Peyton Place. Let's give the... Peyton Place guy, this whole sprawling vampire epic. I mean, maybe they were trying to get the the small town thing. I think maybe that's why uh, Dark Shadows came to mind, because that was a soap opera. Uh Uh, And there's something soap opera-y about the feeling of that miniseries. Yeah, and I think since then, his most notable work was the uh, first episode of the television series V. But uh, 
filmed in California, and there's actually a website out there. It's pretty cool. This like Salem's Lot like obsessive guy. He's got all these like screenshots of the movie, and he's gone, or he's had other super fans send pictures of the different locations. Locations. Most notably, the Marston House is not actually a huge house. It's so crazy if you look it up online. It is just this one story ranch house, and they spent a hundred thousand dollars and built on a huge exterior, and the inside is all studio. No kidding. Yeah. It did look like inside of a giant house, though. But Certainly. Yeah. <laughs> I really was thinking a lot about Fright Night. I would be willing to wager Tom Holland was inspired by Salem's Lot. Quite a bit. I mean, and he's worked with Stephen King since a mm. few times. You know, the whole character of Straker, I think, is very much like his, you know, weird helper. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember if he's named in the film. But I even met the actor last year, too. I've heard Stephen King talk about the book many times, and he loved Dracula. Mm-hmm. And you can see some of that similarity. And then yeah. he also wrote a short story called Jerusalem's Lot. It's the first short story in one of the collections. I can't remember which collection, but I suggest really? you read that, too. It takes place in the same town. Huh. Uh, there might even be two stories that center around sort really? of that, about the vampires there. Uh, the white worm that lives under a church. Yeah. In the Marsden house, there's some deeper history in the in the Stephen King lore mm-hmm. surrounding that whole thing. I read that he was thinking about writing like a sequel novel, but he ended up wrapping the story into the Dark Tower yeah. and did like put the father in Calum there. In. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's where I was going. In in one of these, I think it's Jerusalem's Lot. The influence of Dracula is clear. I don't know if you've ever read Bram Stoker's Stoker's. I know. <laughs> uh, it's written in letters and clippings, and you know, Sam's Lot has a little bit of that right. going on, but this yeah, the Jerusalem's read, but... Lot has it's almost all letters back and forth. Just like Dracula. Just like Carrie. <laughs> Just like Carrie, yeah. So we can see the influence clearly. Yeah. Uh, Jerusalem's Lot is the full name for Salem's Lot in Maine. But in the miniseries, like on the signs, it says Salem's Lot. I guess they yeah. didn't want to confuse anybody or something. Right. <laughs> Young Fred Willard is in this movie. He's the realtor. Yeah. yeah. And that's a different, uh, that's a little different, right? Yeah. It was like a phone repairman. And yes. Who was, who was uh, having an affair. Having an affair with Bonnie Sawyer. Yeah. And uh, had this whole confrontation with, I forget what his name. Uh, the actor's name is George Dezunda. Cully is. Cully, that's right. Oh, you got some notes there? You want to no, no, talk about it? This is just <laughs> members. Wait a second. Jerry has notes. Yeah. Holy Mary, Mother of God. Look at well, the only note that's interesting is that Coley resembles to me what Ben Haskin from the original It might oh, look yeah. like if you, if you let the bullies <laughs> shape him into a bully himself and not turn into John Ritter. Kiss me, fat boy! We have young Bonnie Bedelia. Now, I know her as Holly McLean, but I thought it was really funny because Ben meets her as she's coming out of the school, and she teaches at Holly Junior High School. <laughs> I have no here. Uh, luckily, we know there's a vampire in the Marston house, or else Ben would come off as creepy. Like he's constantly standing outside the house, like standing outside the house, staring, and yeah. you know. You got to think of things from uh, Straker's point of view, you know, coming out of the house being like, who's this Dutch boy <laughs> yeah. staring at my house? Prince Valiant. Go home. <laughs> yeah. And Straker doesn't ask any questions. He just kind of gets in his car. He just Good looks morning. at him and drives <laughs> off. I thought... Um, Kenneth McMillan as Parkins Gillespie was like perfect casting. Yeah, like yeah. he's 
such a slob of a cop and such a douche. He played Baron Harkonnen in Dune, and I guess he's in Cat's Eye. Act, I didn't write the actors down, but Weasel and Eva, the actors uh, that played those two characters are actually, they start together in Stanley Kubrick's The Killing. I like Weasel a lot. The character in the book as well. Yeah. I like that character actor, too. He's yeah. Elijah he's in, Cook, I think yeah, it is. a lot of stuff. My next note is, wow, what a great first date. Dinner with parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm, like, in my mid-30s. I'm definitely into, like, sitting with your parents for our first date. <laughs> Barlow and Straker is very much, like, you could see that Stephen King was like, I like this idea of a little curio shop. I'm going to turn it into another novel. Oh, in the absolutely. Needful things. Absolutely. I actually, knowing that this is like your favorite, I really noticed how cool was that uh, young Mark Petrie is like this little horror fan. Like, yeah. You know, and I was like, oh man, little Lenny must have saw this kid and was like, yeah, that's me. I was thinking about that recently <laughs> and not to get off track, but I did. A, I recently did a high school class to talk about books and monsters. And I said that I grew up in the 80s where that tropey character was almost in every movie. And yeah. in, in some ways, every movie that I love, Salem's Lot, you've got Mark Petrie, mm-hmm. uh, Friday the 13th, 4, you've got the Corey Feldman mm-hmm. character, Tommy uh, Jarvis, who's building Halloween masks, that, you right. know, and, and is a monster kid. Charlie Brewster in yeah. Fright Night, my uh-huh. all-time favorite vampire movie, is a monster kid. And his best buddy, Evil Ed, is a monster kid. <laughs> There's the Monster Squad. Those kids yeah. are all oh, monster gosh. kids. Yeah. It was a tr- it was definitely like an 80s and late 70s trope that there was these boy heroes who knew that how to solve these or kill the monsters because That's they were true. obsessed with them. Yeah. And I, I'm the old version of that kid. <laughs> I liked how he was like in his bedroom reciting uh, lines for his school play. I was like, that was me back in high school. Yeah. <laughs> like, just yeah. spending time trying to recite these lines. Get those nerds! 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 The first like thing that really uh, effectively scary to me was the crate slowly moving forward in the truck yeah as um jeffrey lewis and uh i don't know what the other guy's name was ned is the character ned tebbets yeah uh are driving they're just like i remember in the novel like they were so scared about moving that crate you know and i think yeah. they, they captured that really well uh, I was surprised that they showed Danny Glick's body, like a, a young kid in this TV miniseries, dead. But I guess if Not he's gonna be a, if he's gonna be a vampire later, I guess he yeah. can get away with that from the standards and practices. Yeah, I like the scene where Cully catches Larry and Bonnie. I guess uh, they edited out. He makes Larry put, put his, the gun mouth. In his mouth. Yeah. He makes him put the barrel of the shotgun in his mouth. Yeah, and in the novel, I think you just first meet Cully when he comes in and interrupts that yes. affair. Yes, you've only been sort of hearing about him. In the miniseries, it's like they set it up as he is making this whole plan to catch his wife because he suspects her. Right. I wasn't a fan of—I mean, Larry, like, leaves after the whole— Incident and immediately—that's your first science uh, sight of uh, Barlow. Barlow, yeah, just says raw, yeah, <laughs> which made me jump. Definitely made me jump. It's not my favorite kind of scare, though. The jump scare, right? Oh, man, again, I might have to—I might say this like three more times, but the Barlow and Salem's Lot, the novel, the way he seduces yeah, absolutely that guy, and he's like, "You want to get back at this guy? Mm-hmm. If, you know, you want to take Bonnie for your own? You're gonna, you know, you come with me." You know, I think one of Stephen King's strengths is writing evil obviously you know he's been doing it for a long time yeah but psychological evil because it almost didn't even need to be a vampire saying those things just it's real clever Mm -hmm. it's really clever preying upon that guy's fear and insecurities at that moment and it goes real deep in the novel oh gosh Um, i think the first 
uh, sighting of Barlow in the novel is uh, at the the dump, and he's like talking to whoever's in charge of the dump, and he's just this guy is like constantly really angry because some woman won't have sex with him or something like that, and he's like You're he, has a hun- he has a hunchback. He's, That's right. He's, yeah, he's kind of ugly, and he's been sort of the, the girl he's in love with has sort of ignored him his whole life. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So they kind of cut that out of the miniseries, but yeah. that was another great seduction mm-hmm. scene. Definitely the next real creepy thing I was really impressed by, and I'm sure it's like very nostalgic, and you mentioned it already, but Ralphie at the window. Absolutely. The way the smoke floods in, the uh-huh. way it's lit. He's, I guess he's on wires, and you can he's almost... Not. He's, he's not. actually on a boom crane. I read up on this. He's on a boom crane. They didn't want to put him on wires because they said, oh, you'll probably see the wires. Yeah. So they put him on a boom crane, and it's filmed in reverse. They, yeah. they did this for Carrie, too. They film it in reverse to make make it uh dreamlike yeah more dreamlike so yeah you're seeing the scene of the smoke and him just going out the window yeah and in reverse it's so neat the way the makeup is perfect the lighting is perfect Uh uh-huh uh yeah, and when he's so floating awesome. around the window and scratching at yeah. it, and it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> the Lost Boys, I immediately was like, oh sure. man, the Lost Boys got yeah. that. Yeah, And of course, you know, uh, let the right one in, let yeah. me in. And we even said it in the novel, just the whispering through the window, like, let me in, let yeah. me in, you know? I did question, why is he wearing pajamas if he got jumped while he was walking in his normal clothes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and did, did they have a... They buried him, right? Yeah, but they didn't bury him in his pajamas. That's what I mean. (laughs) Right. He should have been in a little suit. Right. Oh, yeah. They had this whole setup scene where young Mark Petrie challenges his father to try the handcuffs on him. And he's like, I can break out of these. And there was this whole thing when he gets tied up in the Marston house, how he, like, flexes and pushes his stomach out. So when... He was a Houdini fan. Yeah. Never explains how he's able to get out of the handcuffs. And then later on in the movie, he's tied up. So it didn't even matter anyway. (laughs) I guess it just showed he's a Houdini fan and he can get out of ribs. In the book, that's a very intense, cool part. Yeah. yeah. Strikers coming up the stairs, and he, he's able to get out of the ropes. Yeah, I was really sad that they kind of just combined that into the final yeah. stuff, you know, where it all just kind of built and built and built, and there was this huge, scary moment that happened, and then they went away, and they came back. Yeah. Um, Let's see, Jeffrey Lewis as um, Mike Mike uh, Ryerson. Yeah, I liked when he first showed up at the restaurant while Jason and uh, Ben are talking, and he's got like he's got fang marks on it, but he's nobody's addressing it, and he don't act, and he like turns his head like once, and you see it on camera once. I was like, oh, that's clever. Yeah, and it's not until like the next scene when they when uh, Jason gets him back to his house that he actually says, hey, what are these marks on your neck? That's a one of my favorite moments uh-huh. in, uh, in the book actually uh-huh. and, and pretty fun in, in the TV yeah um, Jeffrey Lewis doesn't need to have like weird contacts or fangs or anything to look creepy <laughs> or sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's pretty much playing his Knight of the Comet character, except uh, he's like a vampire. And I noticed I was like, everybody has big windows in this movie to let the vampires in. Like they all are huge windows that open up like doors into the bedrooms. You know, it's kind of like, hey, we're a vampire town. We we got an open window policy for these vampires. <laughs> Uh, the next scene I wrote down about was uh, Jason's heart attack 
and how he's like staggering down the hall and he gets to the bedroom and he falls onto the bed and he reaches across to the nightstand and it's a rotary phone <laughs> and I'm like oh no it's a rotary phone man you can't just pick it up and be like help help yeah <laughs> nine, beep 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 911 you know he's gonna go nine one one a great scene I thought was Ben waiting for Mrs. Click uh, to rise yeah. from from the dead yeah it, it, it worked really. It was really good in the book. I was sad that the doctor was now Sue's father. Right. Still, he's just like sitting there, and he's just he starts chanting like any religious verse that he can think of. You can see it's like a guy who's pretty much been living like an atheist or yeah. an agnostic, and he's just trying to grasp at whatever Bible verse. And at that, that's really the moment where he truly becomes a believer, right? Yeah. I mean, that's really the turning point too. Yeah. When that, when that woman rises up. Yeah. And it's like, shit. <laughs> Put yourself in that situation. I might be the same way. <laughs> Religious background or not, I might be like, uh, Lord's my shepherd. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But the part of you is going to be like, hocus pocus. This isn't really going <laughs> to. There has to be a logical explanation. Oh, fucking shit. There's really a vampire. Yeah. Hail Mary. Hail Mary. Uh, hop on pop. Uh, green eggs and ham. What the <laughs> hell was the verse again? <laughs> How about when uh, he burns Mrs. Glick's? head with the cross and she just disappears. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's not how to kill a vampire no. that I know of. The whole burning the head with the cross again, like He's Fright Night. Fright Night, yeah. What do you want? Hurry, there's a vampire out here. Let me in. What are we going to do? What are you going to do? The whole confrontation mm -hmm. between Father Callanan and Barlow. They have the confrontation in the Petrie's kitchen. That's very much like the scene in Fright Night, where you have to have faith. Right? <laughs> That's you know? right, Because yeah. it's essentially, Barlow is telling the priest in the book, like, your God against my God. We'll <laughs> set our gods aside, right? I think he tells him to throw his cross aside, but in the movie, it, he, like, knocks the cross out of his hand. The father in the movie isn't explained as, like, this alcoholic, not really believer, right. you know, scared out Wait, of in his yeah, so it's, that's the reason why the cross doesn't work because he doesn't fully believe in it. But in the movie, he's just like he's immune to the cross. <laughs> he knocks it out of his hand. He's, right. He gets even more growly. <laughs> I just wrote next. Here's my gun. I'm getting the hell out of here. What the hell <laughs> did I write that for? I don't remember. <laughs> Is it the cop leaving town? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's cop. right. That's the police. Parsons, yeah, yeah. He gives Ben his go. gun and says, "I'm out." Yeah. See ya. Ben has the hardest time keeping that damn Jeep door shut. <laughs> and I'm wondering if that was like a actor goof, you know, or not. But it, it, there's like several parts where he's like racing in the Jeep and he's like, damn door won't shut. So, yeah, the final showdown in the Marsden house, I, I, you know, they really felt like they wanted to do it. It worked better than the boarding house. And I guess if, it, if you're going to shorten it, I guess the Marsden yeah. house is kind of like the big sure. set piece. And they, they did the whole trick where they took the stairs out, but they didn't put a bunch of knives at the bottom. Right. They instead impaled Sue's dad on a bunch of deer horns, which the Lost, Lost Boys. Boys. <laughs> yeah. But in the book, yes, the confrontation happens at the boarding house where right. Ben's staying, which is such a clever, spooky little twist that he's yeah. been chasing this fucking vampire and these vampires around town the whole time. Yeah. Most of them are living right in the damn basement of the house <laughs> he's staying in. That's such a cool little twist. Uh -huh. A spooky twist. I think what, what this miniseries definitely fails at, which I really enjoyed, was the fact that this town like gets taken. I mean, uh, Ben Mears 
mentions that he's like, oh man, we once they make one, that one can make two, and then the two can make four, and then you know, but they really like show it in the in the novel, yeah. like, like different little scenes, like the bus driver being jumped by the ju- crowd of kids. I thought that was the best one. The baby that's being sort the of neglected and, and abused by its yeah. mother. Yeah, there's. It's. <sighs> I stuff. love the book. Yeah, it really does fill out the New England town. <laughs> My last note for the movie is Ben and Mark have the same hair at the end. (laughs) (laughs) They come back to town and they burn it down, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the end. So let's talk about that. So they kill Barlow. Yeah. But the town is so overrun, they flee. They end up in Mexico. And that's how the book, the novel, actually starts with them in hiding. And they, he, every day, Ben gets the paper from this, the Salem's Lot Journal or whatever the hell it is. The Salem's, yeah. I don't even know what it's called. Yeah, written by vampires. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. But it's talking about how that town and some adjacent towns are now abandoned, that there's nobody there. But Mark and Ben Mears know better. So they eventually go back to Salem's Lot, Jerusalem's Lot. Yeah. And they... Throughout the novel, it's talked about a big fire that yeah, wiped the out the, fire, the yeah. Great Fire long, long time ago. Yeah, and I want to say, I want to say in Jerusalem's lot, that short story I talked about is about how that Great Fire was started. I'm pretty oh, sure. Oh, okay. So it takes place, you know, in 1700s, maybe right. 1800s. It's been so long since I read it. So they make it kind of cyclical, cyclical by talking about this Great Fire that burned down the entire town before, and then at the end of the novel, Ben and Mark burned down the entire town to get rid of all the vampires in Salem's lot. That's right. Um, and then, yeah, they say we have to purify this place with fire. And that's what Ben says when they burn down the Marston house instead. Yeah. They just kind of have a fire there. Yeah, Sue's fate. In that book, she's just whisked away to Barlow and Mark loses her. And it's kind of like a guilty thing for him. Yeah. But, and you know, Ben never sees her again, I don't think. But in the uh, movie, she's she shows up at Guatemala because, like, Salem's Lot is, like, sending vampires out to track them down. And they're on the run from the vampires. Pretty cool scene of her. I mean, it was kind of stupid, to be honest, when, like, they should have had her laying there and being in the dark rather than her laying there with her eyes closed. It was like, she's got her eyes closed and she's talking to him. This is yeah. so unnatural. Yeah. And it's like, obviously, she has her eyes closed. She doesn't want to show off her glowy eyes. <laughs> But they should have just kind of, like, had it in the dark, and that way he wouldn't see it and then flips on the light or something. And, right. Oh, my gosh, it's a vampire. Gets a from yeah, him. yeah. Do you have yeah. anything else you wanted to say? I know for some people, because I've tried to turn some friends on to this book over the years, and it, it does have a bit of a slow start. Take your time with this book. Uh, let it take its time with you. I, I've read it no less than ten times. It's, it's what made me truly a Stephen King fan. Yeah, it, definitely. It does start slow, but when the shit hits the fan, you just feel like the panic of this town being taken over slowly. There's just these different houses where there's stuff happening, and the town just moving on as normal during the day, you know, because nobody really knows. Right. In until it's too late. <laughs> yeah. And I would say for Stephen King, he certainly didn't have a sophomore slump. Yeah. For a lot of guys, their second book is, is just not as good. But yeah. I think, man, he hit a goddamn grand slam with this one. The writing itself, that there's some poetry in there almost, especially when he describes New England life and the small town feeling. If you grew up in this part of the world, we're in Vermont, that's Maine, but it's very similar. It captures that feeling pretty well. Do you have anything else you wanted to say about it, Jerry? Oh, Jerry said so much. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I I've just I enjoyed that movie a lot and enjoy those old TV horror movies especially so like we were talking about can you see those similarities like Fright Night and oh you know, yeah definitely sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Jerry how about a word from our sponsor 
Hello, my name is Richard Stryker, and I'd like to extend an invitation to you, the people of Salem Delight, to visit our fine antiquity shop, Barlow and Stryker Antiques. You have let us into your homes, and now we wish to share a bit of ours. Isn't that right, Mr. Barlow? Bah! That's true. We do carry an assortment of furniture, from racks for your various dear antlers, to large pine boxes, to large things like winter boots, or even your business partner. And... Bah! Oh, yes, we mustn't forget. We offer an extended layaway plan because we are not in the habit of bleeding you dry. Bah! True, sometimes we do, but that is only if master wishes. Bah! Come on down to Barlow and Straker. We have volunteers lining up to assist your every desire. Bah! You'll enjoy Barlow and Straker, and we'll enjoy you. Bah! Face the master. So I know we gushed about the book. Yeah. How many... How many bucktooth fangs do you give the uh... <laughs> bucktooth fangs? I do want to read The Shining because I've never read The Shining, but I'm probably not going to read too many more books. To, so I'm not constantly comparing the two because I think I did this poor mini series a disservice by <laughs> by reading the book. So I wasn't too impressed with it, but I mean, given that it's inspired so much, I have to at least give it three out of five uh, bucktooth fangs. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jerry? I give it four and a half to five bucktooth fangs. Out of five? On all levels. The music, the the cinematography, Uh the actors they chose. Uh, I think it's great. It's scary. I give it a three and a half. The half a point's nostalgia, but the other uh, three are because there's so many iconic moments. I love mm-hmm. the special effects. Yeah. I know they're kind of hokey and dated, and I know Barlow doesn't resemble Barlow in the book, but I still think he's pretty memorable. Yeah, he is definitely memorable. <laughs> okay, I think that's it for this month on Constant Watchers. Next month, we're going to be digging into The Shining. It'll be our our special Freeze to Death Christmas edition. That should be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Where can you find us? Uh, we, well, we have a Facebook page. If you look for Constant Watchers on Facebook, you you can follow us there or give us a like. You can search for us on SoundCloud. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at L. Robinero. You can look me up and my work at LeonardKenyon.com. And uh, Jerry is at your mom's house presently, so uh, look for him there. <laughs> <laughs> he is uh, going to kill me. Uh, we'll see you guys uh, next time. Long days and pleasant nights to you. See you in your dreams. Oh, come back anytime. Bring your friends. Face the master.